Welcome into another episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. I am your host, Blythe Brimleave, and since July, I've been planning a road series to conduct interviews with everyone from executives to creators within the logistics industry. It's been a chance for me to move those digital first conversations that I've been doing over the last year and cultivate those lessons learned in the digital first environment to an in-person conversational environment. And the difference between the two has been dramatic. As sort of a peek behind my content creation workflow, I typically over-prepare, like by a lot. But what I quickly learned during this process is that interviews don't need to be as structured when you're sitting face-to-face with someone and simply having a conversation. All of this to say that conversations like what you're about to hear in this episode are as genuine as they come. No questions were off limits and no scripts were read. Just people within the freight world sharing their experiences that hopefully you can pull a little insight from and apply it to your business. Bringing it back to this episode, we're sitting down with one of the more prolific creators in freight, Chris Jolly. In early 2020, he started creating content and hasn't looked back since. His podcast, Coffee with the Freight Coach, is considered one of the tops in the industry. And after this interview, it's clear as day as to why. I'm pretty sure you guys are going to love this one. So here is the full discussion with Chris Jolly, the Freight Coach. Hope y'all enjoy. Welcome into another episode of Cyberly Hits the Road. I'm your host, Blythe Brumley with uh, digitaldispatch.io, and we are joined today... Chris Jolly, <laughs> a.k.a. The Freight Coach. Get that branding Have in. To. <laughs> <Have> to. <laughs> well, okay, so Chris, I think a lot of people see your content, and especially if you're, if you're watching this, you probably yeah. have seen your content on LinkedIn. Tell the folks a little bit about your backstory of how you even got into this industry, because I think wow. everybody has that story and connects yeah. well with it. No, definitely. I, uh, family of truck drivers. I born and raised in the industry, essentially, and I got into brokerage when I moved out west. I'm from northern Wisconsin originally, and I graduated college, didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, and my older brother lived out in Reno, Nevada, and he's like, come move out here. So I'm like, all right. So I got connected to somebody who was in charge of a freight brokerage, Interviewed over the phone, packed up my truck, moved out west, and that's what I was doing for about 10 years. And I did you know, carrier sales, customer sales, leadership, and then I transitioned out. Um, I just wanted to try something different. Hmm. You know, I wanted to jump onto the trucking company side and try and sell assets and just really gain some experience. It's not that freight brokerage is easy. I just accomplished everything I had wanted to in that space. And then you know, that little thing called COVID happened in 2020. And I was out of a job because uh, I resigned from my job because I had a bunch of interviews lined up. Hmm. So I resigned from my job because I was going to be traveling around, interviewing and everything else. And then voila, the greatest blessing in my life happened where I was out of a job and it forced me to think, what do I actually want to do with my life? Hmm. And that's when I started getting involved on LinkedIn because I needed to be can- like in my initial thought was I needed to be candidate number one everywhere. Whenever people start hiring again, I want to be the first person that they think of. And then that's when I started, like when I got heavily involved on it, I realized how, like, there wasn't a lot of content out there. There really wasn't a lot of truthful content out there in transportation. It just didn't align with my experience on it. So I started speaking out and put, like, just putting my experiences out there. And then through that is where all of this spawned from. And I never thought that was possible that with a camera and a couple of posts that you could literally build a brand off of. I had no idea. Like, I think. 
you know, I listened to Gary Vee just like everybody else. And then, you know, I was really a guy by the name of Andy Frisella uh, out of Missouri. He's got a big supplement company. He's got a really big following out there. And I found his podcast as well. And that's what they were always talking about. So it's just content, 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 mm. putting your stuff out there. And then like uh, they had brought one up. They're like, like there's such a power in, in the niche that you're in because it's so targeted in what you're trying to get after. It's like, you know, there's not everybody's going to have a million followers on Instagram or everything else. Like, I'm not going to dance on there, and, you know. And, like, <laughs> on TikTok? You don't no want to do no freight like, broker yeah, dances? Exactly. There's no freight broker dances there. But, you could make one. Yeah, exactly. It, it's called the hang up from the cold call, you know. But no, it was, that, that's kind of where everything started. And that's kind of how I got to where I am today. And like, and I started my podcast because I just like wanted to funnel in business. Like that's all it was. Cause like when I, cause I started, um, freight coach enterprises, my son came up with that name. So that's the one that I rolled with. Nice. And I, you know, cause I worked with freight brokerages and trucking companies and tech companies on, you know, a lot of sales and ops training and then a lot of process implementation process hmm. improvements. And I like, again, got to give a shout out to Gary V because he had said, you know, like his, like the name of the podcast that I was listening to was, on if I started a business in 2020. And that was mm. the one thing he said. He's like, if I started a business in 2020 right now, if I knew nothing, I would start a podcast and I would have my prospects come on and I could talk to them one-on-one. -on -one. And he put it like this. He's like, you'll never meet a founder who doesn't want to talk about themselves. So I was like, done. So I went, went on Amazon, bought a podcast starter kit, bought a new computer. And then I just, YouTube, which is the greatest resource on yes. the face of this earth. Facts. Everything's free. Found out how to do it, how to edit it, how to structure the episode. And then I just started hmm. and then I just started having people come on and then that just kind of took off on a life of its own, you know, cause like I, I, I want to talk about all things transportation because like we're in, in our niche and heck, even into the blue collar industry, there's not a lot of content that's out there and it's my mission to make the blue collar sexy again. At the end of the day, <laughs> I'm, I'm from a blue collar family and I want people to come into this industry because especially in transportation, there's so much opportunity mm -hmm. that's out here where you can come in, you don't have to have a formal education and you can start a business and become extremely successful in a couple of years. So. And I think that you, you hit the nail on the head with, with trying to make transportation sexy. There's uh, Adam Wingfield, he was on yeah. uh, the, the, the show just recently and he mentioned that a big problem with trucking is that he wants to make it cool again. Yes. And that's I think what, what the biggest barrier of entry for a lot of people when it comes to their content marketing is what do I talk about? How do I figure out even where to get started? What was sort of the catalyst for you that you said, I'm just gonna start making content? Did you see somebody else doing it first or? And I saw a bunch of people doing it because I think like in, in the early stages of the COVID era, we'll call it, a lot of people were throwing stuff out there. And I just wanted to speak my truth because when with social media, there's just a bunch of chest bumping, you know, why I'm, oh, that might, sorry, <laughs> the mic, but you know, that like, there's a lot of people out there who just want to talk about why they're better than everybody else and, you know, or how much money they're making and why they're a baller or something like that, which we all know is BS at the right. end of the day. But my thing was, is I'm going to take the opposite approach. I'm going to talk about what I did wrong and why we shouldn't do it that way, hmm. you know? And like the repercussions of the things that, you know, like when I tried to fabricate low details and everything else to try and pull one over on somebody and why it didn't work, because like transportation, especially freight brokerage, it's not that difficult, hmm. you know? Like at the end of the day, we're not reinventing the wheel. And I realized, and I, I think we all had those moments in our careers, like, all right, I've learned my lesson. I got to stop, stop doing that. And I had that, and then that's when I found a ton of success as a broker. Hmm. Is everybody uses a bud where you gotta be transparent and honest. Everybody says that until it's their shipment. Right. You know, that, that's lost 
or something else. And I was just like, I was done with it. I was sick and tired of lying all the time on stuff. And I was like, I'm done with it. And then that's when I just, that's when I saw the most success. And I knew that me talking about that, every freight broker goes through with that. The struggles in cold calling, the struggles in building a book of business, everybody goes through with it, but very few people want to talk about it. Mm. Because again, on social media, they want to be that all-star. You know, they want to be that, that person who just is better than everybody else. I don't care about that. Like, yes, I'm a human being. And if like people doesn't like my stuff, of course I'm like, I thought it was cool, but you know, you get over it at, at the end of the day. And I just wanted to put stuff out there for people that they could relate to and not think that they're the only ones that are going through it. Cause I think like when you're in a sales cycle and you're just blowing it, like you're not <laughs> closing anything. You think that the world is closing on top of you. You're the only one who goes through it. That's not the case. Hmm. And I just wanted to be there for people to like know, like, we all mess up. At the end of the day, we all have bad times. But the thing, the key is, is you got to learn from it, change your ways, and start moving forward. And, and that's what you're doing with your content is that you're connecting with other people through vulnerability, through yeah. the issues that you, that you've faced in the past and that they're likely still facing yeah. today. Do you have a particular topic that maybe has resonated the most with freight brokers that they seem to go through the most? It's the cold calling aspect mm. of it. It's the rejection. It's the bouts of lack of confidence and everything else because like i think i'm a human being at the end of the day i have my insecurities just like everybody does and i have bouts with confidence just like everybody does but it's easier just to talk about it than try and like compartmentalize it and internalize it and then then you just turn into like i'm the victim it's only me and oh woe is me and you can't have that like you know and I think like the more and more I talked about that, that's when more and more people started reaching out to me and more and more people started following my content was when it was just all about what I went through and why it's completely normal. Mm -hmm. You know, like even the best sales reps out there, no matter what they tell you, <laughs> get told no 99 out of 100 times. You know, so it's like, it's all right. You just got to keep pushing forward with it. Well, let's talk a little bit about sort of the modern day brokerages yeah. because I have buddies that had just entered in, especially last year, they probably lost their job. They wanted a career change and they start to enter trucking and they reach out to me and they, they ask questions like, what do I do to get started? And yeah. I'm like, I've never brokered freight. So I, I don't know exactly what to tell you, but from his experience that this one guy in particular, he said that he was just sat down at a desk and given a bunch of cold leads and just told to hammer the phones. Is that what I guess a lot of companies are still doing today? And if you're in that position, how would you attack that? In my experience, it's exactly how it is. Mm -hmm. It's a num but you know, at the end of the day though, they do that because sales is a numbers game. Mm -hmm. The more people you're in front of, the more people who you're talking to, the higher the likelihood that you're gonna close a couple of them. But me personally, I think cold calling is not dead there's other ways that you can go and reach 10 times as many prospects. And that obviously I'm all in on content and social media and everything else. But I think if you're in that position right now, you need to carve out a niche at the end of the day, because there's everybody's intoxicated by this industry because it's a 800 billion or a trillion dollar industry, whatever number it keeps getting inflated to day in and day out. So people think they're like, there's so much opportunity. Mm -hmm. There's truth. There's an opportunity everywhere, but how do you separate yourself? So for me, it's all about a niche. You have a niche market, and by market, I mean like chooses a couple of cities to operate back and forth in between there and a niche freight type. Find one or two different types of freight and become a product expert, a subject matter expert. It's a different conversation because every food shipper, every heavy haul care, uh, shipper that's out there, they all have the exact same problem. So why are we trying to overcomplicate things? And then especially when you're starting out, it's all about repetition. It's all about gaining that confidence Get the reps in. in there. So you might as well have the same conversation time and time again 
to get through that. And then the beauty about freight is a lot of us brokers out there who do full truckload, there's like four different styles of freight that you can go after. Guess what? You plug and play every single term <laughs> in there and then you can roll it out and you're, like then you can sell different modes as you as you progress. Say you're working for a company and they're a little bit of part of the old school. They don't want you out there creating content and being a, a brand for yeah, their brand that for it, sure. it could potentially t harm that business. How would you suggest tackling that from a personal perspective? Because it could be a situation where you just go to another company. Is that is that probably the route? That's the route I personally would take is just go to another company that believes in content. That's the route I would take as well. But, you know, I can't tell somebody what to do with their life right. at the end of the day. I just think if you're with a company that's not forward thinking, because I think if they're, they're trying to constrain you at that point, in my opinion, if they're not allowing you to do stuff, they're holding stuff back. They're holding you back. You got to look for another option, in my honest opinion. Um, I just think that you're you can't get held back in that, in my opinion. When it comes to your training and consulting services that you offer, when you're talking to these companies, what are sort of the common problems or the common pitfalls that they're experiencing, which is the reason why they reached out to you? Yeah, a, a lot of it is it's a lot of processes. Hmm. It, you know, I'm I'm. Fortunately, well, my fiance doesn't think this way, but I'm very ABC one, two, three. I'm very structured. And that's the thing is there's a lot of people who are, they're running gun, you know, mm -hmm. like back to that lead list here. Here's a hundred cuts. Just call them. Mm -hmm. Just call them. They have freight. Just call them. Like adding revenue isn't a business plan. You know, like that's what a lot of people think. Like, oh, I want to grow. I got to hire more sales reps. No, you don't. You got to clean up your internal processes mm -hmm. first because a lot of people that I talk to, they're like, oh, I want to go from 10 to 20 million or they want to go 40 to 70 million dollar brokerage. But they think that just adding headcount is going to be the solution. And that's not the case because in working with a lot of companies, that first 10 to 15 million that they want is lost in inefficiencies inside of their organization right now. They need a process because how many, how many people out there that are watching this right now are missing out on quotes, are missing out on opportunities because they're bogged down trying to do 17 things at once. You know, but like that's the, like I'm such a massive proponent of technology. There are some great companies out there that are integrated that, you know, and for in the late term, they have systems that speak to each other that do this work for you. This manual processes that a lot of people are, are stuck in. And I think that's where a lot of freight brokers end up dying out is because it's there's no opportunity for them to grow because they're constantly playing catch up every single day. They're never getting ahead. They're covering same day freight every single day because as soon as they get everything covered up for today, they're done. They want to go home. They don't want to work, <clears throat> excuse me, they don't want to work on tomorrow's stuff. So And so with a lot of those those tools that you're talking about with getting your processes right and then figuring out likely where those tools fit in, where do you think some of these these software tools because there's so much software yeah. that's coming into the space what do you think is the, the, the best bang for your buck if you're just a small brokerage that, that's just getting, that you want to get your feet wet in the, in the technology sector outside of just your TMS? I think the best thing is going to be, well, I, I'm glad you brought up the TMS because I think that's the absolute lifeblood of your organization. <laughs> you need to be paired up with a TMS that is forward thinking, that is integrated with other platforms. So load boards are obviously a massive thing. Having a TMS partner that has click to post mm. is extremely vital. Again, it's those seconds that add up, those lost seconds add up to lost minutes of, and then hours of productivity throughout the time. So for me, it's that click to post option is massive for it. Cause then another, like 
a lot of these uh, TMSs that are out there, you can set carriers up. And some of these external uh, systems, like Trucker Tools, for example, they give you the opportunity to set carriers who can accept these loads in the Book It Now feature. So like, you can automatically email these carriers, and if they agree to the rate and everything else, they're going to book it. That frees up your carrier rep. You know? and then, or if you're in a cradle-to-grave setting, that frees you up to sell more at the end of the day. You know, because you're not lost trying to find these things. And then you build a process for your sales reps to utilize so they can stay more focused on their book of business and growing things out. And they're not going to lose these opportunities because they're trying to post on four different load boards and everything else. And then by the time they're done, the load's been covered, you know? So it's like it, you, you have less than five minutes to reply to an email from a customer about an available shipment that you're going to work on it to have an opportunity to work on it. And if you're out there wasting this time posting loads up to multiple different platforms, you're out, like you're done. That, that load bunch of your competition who invested in technology, who's forward thinking, and they're going to take your customers. Perfectly said. And, and I think that that about does it for this part one of Cyberly Hits the Road. We're going to go into a part two in the next show. So, Chris, where if people only watch this part one, which you should definitely watch part two, where should they follow more of your work? LinkedIn. Uh, I'm actually involved on there. Post every single day, of every single working day of the week, a couple times on weekend. Also, my podcast, Coffee with a Freight Coach, is on iTunes and Spotify. Hit that up. Got over 100 episodes on there. Got 200 plus videos on my YouTube channel and everything else for people to utilize for freight brokerage and all things transportation. Awesome. Appreciate your time, Chris. Thank you. Of course. <laughs> and then now we're going to go into part two. So don't, <laughs> don't cut off anything. <laughs> Was that 20 minutes? Yeah, it goes quick, Fuck. right? Oh, there we go again. <laughs> Hot mic. Well, you got it You got it done after in between. So and now we're, um, this, I mean, maybe if it goes well, then Freightways will let me use, you know, continue that cyberly on the road thing or whatever. But this full, what I envision is the full thing going yeah. up on Digital Dispatch Podcast. And yeah. then um, after that, and you should, I'll send you the file too. Like, Perfect. People lo- like, I've been doing that lately. And anytime I go on another show, I just ask for the file. Yeah. And they send me over the file. Oh, perfect. Okay, okay cool. Um, so whenever they uh, whenever they send me the file, those are some of my best episodes. Yeah. Is because people love to hear about origin stories. Yeah. They, they want to know where you came from. And it's always like new listeners that come in that maybe didn't catch it the first, you know, maybe five times that you told it yeah. or something. And so that's a, a, they're always the top episode. For sure. Um, so I think that's a good segue to sort of bring in uh, part two of our discussion with the freight coach, Chris Jolly. Welcome in, everybody. The branding is strong over here. <laughs> so in, in the first part, we talked a lot about your backstory and how yeah. you got started with content marketing and where so, some brokerages are, are getting it wrong with the way that they approach their processes and, and their, their sales hires. But are there any brokerages out there that are doing things the right way? There's a lot. Actually, there's yeah. a ton of brokerages out there, and I think those are the ones that you have to look for when you're out there. I, like, I'm not going to, you know, mention any names or anything like that, but you need to, like, I just think in the age that we're living in, the digital, the more of a digital footprint that they have, the that would escalate them in my book of somebody who I would want to work hmm. with if they're out there, if they're forward thinking, you know. Like, I do have to give a shout out to my friends at Molo. You know what they're doing over there, and same with my friends at Arrive. They like they're out there and they're active on there, and there's a bunch of other ones too. And like, I, I to me, 
you want to work with a company that realizes where we are as an industry, but more importantly, where we're going as an industry. And if they're in the old school way of doing things, and there's nothing wrong with it because there's still a market of customers who prefer that phone call. They're going to operate off of an Excel spreadsheet. And you know what? That's just going to be part of it. But me personally, do I want to work with them? I don't know. I don't know if I can say yes to that. If I was still brokering, I'm going to say yes to every single shipment that's out there. But from your question that you're asking right there, the companies that I, that I would want to work with, I want to work with forward-thinking companies. I want to work for companies that tell me that I'm going to make your job easier so you can sell more. Hmm. You know, we're at the Armstrong Conference right now. We've been seeing a lot of great stuff that they're rolling out from an independent agent model and everything else. And there's a lot of opportunities out there for you to succeed out there. And they're, they're, they're envisioning for the next five to 10 years. If I was interviewing for a job and they can't tell me where they see their company going outside of, we want to become a $50 million brokerage. I don't want to work with you. <laughs> Who you doesn't know? want to Exactly. <laughs> so when you talk about sort of the new frontier that we find yeah. ourselves in, obviously COVID sort of rocked everyone and dragged, you know, companies had to be dragged kicking and screaming into remote work, into video, uh, podcasts, things like that. Uh, what are some of those new age features that you're seeing that are almost mandatory that a company needs to have nowadays? Is it their marketing and sales approach? Is it their technology? Yeah. Is it a combination of all of them? It's a combination of all of them. Mm. From a marketing and sales approach, like marketing and sales are the exact same thing to me. You know, I will argue that till I'm blue in the face <laughs> or orange in the face with anybody that marketing and sales are hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And you don't need a massive marketing budget in today's day and age. Like I pull out my cell phone, it's on the floor right now. That's the best tool that's out there and everybody's on them mm -hmm. all day long. Use that, market yourself, build that brand. And furthermore, I would wanna work with a company that allows their workforce to have a brand. Because, you know, like, what a, what a great way to attract new talent. If you're all over the place, you know, obviously, in a good way, if you're all over the place, <laughs> that's a great way to attract new talent. Mm -hmm. And again, the younger generation, like, what's wrong with transportation, in my opinion, is that a lot of them think like it's 1995 still in their approach on a lot of things. It's not the case anymore. You want to attract new people into the workforce. Where are 18 to 22 year olds every single day? They're on social media. Right. You want to attract another generation of talent to come through. How are you going to find them? You're not going to find them on Indeed.com. Right. You know? Like At least not the best people. Exactly. You, you, the, the best people that you want working for your company are the ones that already have a job. Yeah. And you know, and everybody, like all the technology that's coming into this industry, they're not from this industry, for the most part. There's like, I will, you know, I gotta give a shout out to the tech companies that are spawned from the industry because they're, they're a step ahead, in my opinion, with it, because they speak freight. Um, but again, how are you gonna attract these people into this industry? How are we gonna attract more people in there? You know, like I went to numerous career fairs throughout when I was brokering. You know how many people don't know what trucking is? Like they, they see the trucks driving down the freeway, you know? They get like, mad that they cut them off or something. Exactly. And it's a technology industry now. Some of the top, the smartest and the brightest minds are out in Silicon Valley and across the country. Like it's not just Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. They're across the country. How are we gonna find them now? You're not gonna find them in any other way than where they are sitting. It's just like with, with, with uh, drivers. We need more drivers, right? Where is that demographic of drivers sitting right now? They're not sitting on anything but social media and staring at their cell phones every single day. We need to market to that next generation. It's not what we've been doing for the longest time. Yeah, it's not gonna work anymore. Mm -hmm. And we have to accept that. It's just like, you know, like the first time they brought EDI to my attention as a freight broker. Oh, there's no way they're sending that, that low tender over. I need it emailed into me. 
I went from moving 20 to 70 loads in a day with EDI. Like, look at the, it just increases your capabilities. So. And I think that a lot of people are hesitant in order to, to even jump into the technology train or jump into yeah. content marketing. But as these tools start to come in and as you start to utilize, especially from the content side for you, how has your strategy sort of evolved from the time that you decided, oh, hey, I'm, I'm going to give this a shot to now the content that you're creating you mentioned batching earlier yeah. you like to record a bunch of episodes yeah. at one time what what sort of improvements have you made in your content process for me it's i stopped overthinking what i was putting out there you know like at the end of the day not everybody's going to like it and like again it's easier for me to say this now than it was when i first started but i think that the things that you don't think are relevant are actually relevant hmm. and people want to hear about that. They want to just, people crave reality, Blythe. You know, they crave reality. Talk about it, mm -hmm. you know? Like there's a lot of messed up things that happen in transportation caused by brokers and caused by drivers and caused by every person that's involved in it. Talk about it. It's relatable. That's what people are, like they're craving relatable and real content. That's what they're going after. So it's like, There'll be days where I'll, you know, I'll see something on LinkedIn or another platform, and it just makes me think of my past experiences. And I'll record four or five videos in, in a single sitting just on different topics, and I'll get them all knocked out, and then I'll save them onto my phone. Like, I'm not tech-savvy at all, so I have them saved onto my laptop, and then when I'm like, oh, that's relevant today, I'm going to post that. And again, it's, it's finding it and baking that into my schedule and knowing, like, all right, this is my creative hour or creative 20 minutes or however that looks, and then I just... It, I just it's a dedication and I have to do it every single day. Like that's part of my brand, that's part of, that's how I gain customers, that's how I grow. So to me, if I don't record content, I feel like I'm lost. Like I'm like, what did I do wrong? I, I think you hit the nail on the head with, with uh, the content production standpoint. You have to prioritize it. Yes. You have to bake that into your day or else you're gonna put it on the back burner and you're gonna say, oh, I got all these other things, important things I have to do. But for, for my example, I, I every single morning, you cannot get a meeting with me before 11 a.m. because that's the time that I'm creating, that's the time that I'm writing, yes. because I know it's that important, so I have to bake it into mm -hmm. my day, unless you're like a top tier client. Yeah, then, then I'll, different uh, story. Yeah, th then that's a different yeah. story. Dollar signs <laughs> make my phone ring. <laughs> right, <Yeah>. exactly, <laughs> as does it all for, for everyone. Exactly. <laughs> um, but knowing what the, that process looks like, only, the only way you're gonna get better and create more consistently is if you get those reps in. Yes. So when do you have any, I guess, things that you used to do on camera or used to do in audio and now you, you maybe watch yourself as like film, like a coach, like you, you watch yourself um, on tape and you're like, wow, I need to really stop doing that. Yeah. I used to put the mic right in front of my face <laughs> and I'd record. That was terrible. But at least you got good audio. Yeah, exactly. I got clear <laughs> audio because it was really loud. I'm talking to the mic there, yeah, there, there was that. Um, and then it was... Again, it was overthinking what I was doing, and then I was nervous early on. And you know, I, there are still times where I'm like, "God, did I just really say that." Ah, let's roll with it, anyways. <laughs> you know, but yeah, there, there's that. And then for me, it's that like when you're building up that consistency. Like I choose to post at the exact same time in the morning, and then the afternoon. It depends. Like you know, now that I have clients that I'm working with every single day, it changes. You know, because mm -hmm. again, when they need to work with me. <laughs> Sorry, the content's going to have right. to wait about 45 <laughs> minutes. But again, it, it's, it's carving that time out and ensuring that when I post, it's going to be at these certain times. Because again, that just builds up the people who are like, oh, freight coach is going to... Sorry, I didn't mean to refer to myself as a freight coach, but I'm going to post <laughs> yeah, at that branding. time. This <laughs> I know, but this individual is going to be posting at this time. 
they're going to look for it. They're going to try and follow it. So absolutely, you you want to stay dedicated to your audience, and you you clearly have because I think that you're the one out here posting the most out of the, all the creators that really because there's been sort of a renaissance with yeah. LinkedIn and people finding more value in it now, yes. especially since COVID. Talk a little bit about the the I guess the LinkedIn logistics community yeah. and and where you initially found value and how those relationships have evolved. I think that. It started out. There's a bunch of people, you know, kind of like we were talking about in part one. There's a bunch of people who are starting to post, and then I think as it progressed, like I know early on, it was really tough to want to continue to post when nobody's engaging on your stuff, you know. So that that was one. That was a really hard part. But again, you start noticing those couple of people, and then ironically, the way algorithms work is when they like your stuff and you like their stuff, all of a sudden your priority starts to build up. And again, though, but it was like a lot of people started putting stuff out there, and it's like I don't view anybody else out there as like competition. For example, like anybody who's creating content, I'm supporting you, absolutely, 100% supporting you because it only makes us better. Like selfishly, it's going to make me better if I'm seeing something that I like because you can learn from everybody. Absolutely, like everybody has their own style, and again, through repetition, that's how you carve out your identity when you're doing it. There's a lot of trial and error of it. But there's a lot of people who have great points, and it helps you evolve as a, as, as a content creator or even as a freight broker. You're like, I've never thought of it that way. Like, I have a lot of people who have a lot of experience who reach out to me on LinkedIn, and they will tell me, I've, ne- I've been doing this for 10 years, and I've never thought once to do it this way. Hmm. And again, it's like, it's just adding that value aspect of it. And then the more people who create, the better off our industry gets. And then again, like, because influence social influence marketing is massive in other brands and other excuse me not in other brands in other industries so we there's an opportunity in transportation for this as it grows and gains popularity and gains steam the more opportunities from a financial standpoint are going to come to people you know so anybody who's watching this start posting let's get this let's get this buzz going in our industry because it's going to come you don't have to be young to do it right you can be a seasoned Veteran, not calling out anybody who's you know fifty-five or sixty years old, but you can do it. Absolutely, and they the probably experience. have all the experience exactly. to share with everyone. And they have all the connections too. They already know everybody in the right. industry. Freight's the biggest small industry that's out there. So, what about as far as your next move? So, obviously, you've been big on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, is there another sort of strategy that you want to implement in the future that you're starting to learn about, or another platform that maybe you want to start getting involved in? You know. Uh, I'm still testing out a lot on Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Obviously, TikTok is a massive opportunity that's out there. And I'm willing to try anything out because, like, again, you're, you, some stuff's not going to, it's going to hit on some platforms and it's not on the other. And it's, it's following your audience. Where's your audience at? Um, like, obviously, I'm massive on podcasting and I'm going to be doing more of a video component of that as well as I get a studio. So I want people to come in. I want to do this face to face with people. And, that's my thing, but I'm, I'm all in on podcasting because I think now, and again, it's in that niche that we're, that we're operating in, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who find a lot of their information on podcasting. They're not going and Googling these things. You know, and if they are, I want the algorithm to coffee with the freight coach up to right. the top and then have them <laughs> click on it and subscribe. Um, but, you know, that's the thing is it's like I'm all in on audio because audio is not going to go away. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's the thing, (laughs) like radio, TV, podcasting and podcasting is so, again, talk about another untapped social, like social media component. 
And, and it's one of those platforms that your audience is dedicated. Yes. Once they subscribe to you, which is the toughest thing about podcasting is the discoverability, which is why you see so many podcasts that are on YouTube is because they want to have the YouTube's discoverability and yeah. then have people subscribe to their podcast. And so from that aspect, that's the only platform you're ever going to really own your yeah. website, your podcast and your email list. Only three platforms on the Internet that you're ever going to own. So if you can hone in on one of those three and have that be that channel that you can communicate with. Then I think that you're, you're already a slam dunk winner. And then as soon as you hone in on that particular platform, yeah. then you can develop and, and expand into these other platforms. And it, it looks like that's, that's exactly what you're doing. Yeah. You have to. You got to start somewhere. Right. You know, like you just can't get, can't get frustrated with it. Like as easy as it is to say now, as opposed to what it was when I first started, things take time. You know, like all these people who are overnight celebrities. It doesn't 10, exist. 10 years. Unless you're a trust fund kid. It doesn't exactly. exist. And even then, you're, I mean, who wants to follow right. that? Um, <laughs> but, you know, at, at the end of the day, though, it's just going to take time and dedication, just like anybody out there who's building a book of business, building a customer base. It takes time. It takes repetition. It takes dedication. And it's going to happen. People won't find you. Like, I know it's a blow to a lot of people's egos. They are not searching for you. Right. Give them a reason to follow you. Absolutely. You know? That's... I think that's a perfect way to, to end this part two of this series. We're live here in Charlotte, North Carolina for the Armstrong Transport Group Annual Agent Conference. So it's been a fabulous discussion. We, we yeah. chatted earlier about you know starting your brand on, on LinkedIn and yep. really capitalizing on, on those platforms and, and how you can really grow your brand and your business because of these Correct. platforms. Any lasting tips that you want to, to leave the crowd with? I just think you have to start accept the fact that it's not going to go viral. Well, hell, it might. You never know in today's day and age. You got to roll the dice. <laughs> exactly. But just start start putting stuff out there. I have insecurities just like everybody else does. I'm a human being. We all go through it. Just start, you know, because it's like you got to ask yourself, what is it going to cost me if I don't do it? Because people are going to do it and they're already doing it. They're already starting. Get in on it. How like, again, people won't find you unless you put yourself out there. Stand out and do something different. And People, like, it's going to take time. There's not going to be a lot of engagement right away, and that's completely fine. And just do with it. Send me a DM. Hell, send me a DM. Hey, I'm posting this up. Can you like it? Done. Right. I want to help people build their brands in any way, shape, or form that I can because the reciprocation factor is real. Good karma is real. These things will happen. So it's like, you know, like, like you're talking about the transportation community that's out there. There are some people that I follow. And I'm going to like their stuff and everything else. And it goes back and forth. So just reach out to me if you're going to do it. Send me a DM and I'll like your stuff if it's good. If, if, <laughs> if it's controversial, I won't. But Yeah, know? I mean, if it sucks, like you, you kind of got to learn that lesson too from a creator perspective. Yeah. I want to know if something sucks. And that's 100%. why I, I'm, I'm happy that my family isn't on LinkedIn yeah. because I want to know from my target audience if something is resonating with them or not. I think yeah. that that's where a lot of people get messed up, especially on Facebook, is that they push something out and only their family and their close yeah. friends like it instead of the target audience that's actually going to buy from you. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing is it's like, and, you know, focusing in on one platform because it's like, you know, I got a decent following on LinkedIn. I don't have that on Facebook. So a lot of the stuff that I put up on Facebook has no interaction, hmm. minimal engagement. How are you tackling Facebook? Is it through a page or through a groups. group? Or? I'm in a lot of different groups because there's, you know, 15, 20,000 people True. in them. And that's the way that I'm Capitalize on those yeah, because absolutely. those are the, I think that those are hidden opportunities. Yes. But 
I think also with some of those groups as they get bigger, it's tough to, to weed out the, yeah. the spammy messages that people are putting in there. For sure. Um, so then you're, unfortunately, your message gets, you know, a little bit drowned out. But yeah. that's the nature of the game. That's the nature of trying new stuff and rolling the dice and seeing if it works and, and seeing if it doesn't. Yeah. And taking course. it from there. Exactly. All right. Where can people find more of your work? LinkedIn is my biggest thing. Follow my podcast. It's available on Spotify and iTunes, Coffee with the Frey Coach. Check me out on YouTube as well. I post all my stuff on there. And yeah, let's go. Awesome. Appreciate your time. That's right. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. As always, you can find each show I publish along with more insight over on my website, digitaldispatch.io. If you like this podcast, then I think you'll love another show that I host, Cyberly, which covers the attention economy, B2B marketing, tech, and how it all ties into the world of logistics. That show airs every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live on FreightWaves TV. There are also some links to my social media accounts along with my products and services that might be of interest to you. You can find them in the show notes or again over on my website at digitaldispatch.io. If you found this episode interesting and or entertaining, be sure to share it with a friend. Word of mouth is the best kind of marketing and since podcast discoverability has and remains an issue in this medium, I trust and rely on folks like yourself that will share it with those who would also find it useful. Until next time, my name is Blythe Bremleve and I will see you real soon.